Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're getting some good time with summer, even though according to the calendars and so on, people don't, uh, I think summer's officially start later in June, but hey, we're in Texas. I think it started in April, but nonetheless, school's out for the most part uh, across the state of Texas. And look, there's a lot to cover from what happened with the legislative session ending uh, a week or so ago. A lot looming potential um, special session. We had some elections take place recently and a lot of interest in what are things gonna look like for the second half of the year when it relates to faith, family, and freedom. If you're new to the show, those are the issues we talk about. And we cover them in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We've got about four years running of a weekly radio show and podcast and through Facebook Live. So we're glad that you're with us today. And we got a great guest today. So I want to get right into that. That'll be the the first half, the predominant part of the program today. We're going to be talking with Steve Dace. He hosts a national show where he is a conservative talk show host through Blaze TV. He's got a great book out we're going to talk about in just a minute, too, that is at the top of the charts and getting a lot of attention. Boy, talk about the timing on the release of that book. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And later on this month, on June 21st, He's going to be in Houston as the keynote for an event we're having for Texas Values June 21st in the Houston area. Steve, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Happy to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, look, I saw you a little bit, you know, a while ago, a couple of months ago when I was in Iowa, checked out the studio. I was up there uh, with my good friend Brian English and obviously Bob Vanderplatz. Your show gets a lot of attention, a lot of people that watch it, a lot of fans, if you will. Um, a national show through Blaze TV. But tell some of our maybe Texas members who uh, maybe are new to our show, maybe they're just starting to hear about you with the book at. Tell us a little bit about your background as a conservative individual, conservative talk show host. You and I know, and many others may know your involvement with Senator Cruz, but love to let our uh, supporters know a little bit about your background, and then we'll talk about some of the work you're doing today. I appreciate that. I I think there are kind of two things that uh, separate the approach that we have with our show compared to what maybe a lot of other people uh, in, in your audience are accustomed to in conservative media, even national conservative media. Uh, the first is the nuts and bolts aspect of things. You mentioned my work on the cruise campaign. Uh, I've been involved in campaigns, some of them with our mutual friend Brian English, going back to the school board races in Des Moines, Iowa. So things from I've, I've recruited candidates for legislature. I've been involved in gubernatorial campaigns. I've been involved with the only successful ouster of state Supreme Court justices by popular referendum over a ruling in all of American history. We did that with the retention election. Um, Presidential campaigns from Mike Huckabee to Newt Gingrich, and then this last go around in 2016 with Ted Cruz. And so I think I've got a nuts and bolts experience in politics, not just, I, I am highly ideological, of course, but I understand the process by which these things come about. And so I think that area of expertise, how to study things like polls and things of that nature, how to read their, their methodologies and rather than just kind of get spoon-fed the top-line narrative by the media. These are things that I try to use to equip our audience to be smarter uh, and more discerning when it comes to self-government in, in assessing the news of the day. I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is my faith. Um, I've always, to me, the the goal of our show from the beginning when I left Des Moines and we went national was we wanted to see what we could do to make a biblical worldview mainstream in America again, that 
that when we have when we face issues as a culture, we seek every form of wisdom and expertise except the best-selling book of all time and the only written by the only undefeated being in the history of the cosmos. And we think that, um, you know, as Spurgeon once said, all we need to do is let the lion out of its cage. It'll defend itself just fine. And so kind of seeing, can, can we, with a contemporary show, because it's not a traditionally Christian show, it's just a show hosted by Christians. And so can we make this worldview contemporary so that we can openly analyze the events of the day through that as our lens, as our plumb line. And that's always been our goal. You know, Rush just recently passed away, Rush Limbaugh, and he brought conservatism mainstream into media. My dream has always been if, if we could have a show that could do that with a biblical worldview, bring that back into the mainstream conversation again, like Rush did with conservatism. So I think those are the two things, Jonathan, that maybe set our show apart from several of the other shows out there that people are maybe more familiar with. Well, look, and I think more and more people are getting familiar with your show, with your content, your uh, information, and your relevance in these discussions. Just a couple of programming notes. Tell our listeners a little bit about um, how they can find your show, uh, how, you know, how long the segments are. I'd love just a little bit more detail on that. Sure. We do a two-hour television show and podcast every day for Blaze TV. So that's, um, uh, we're the show right after Glenn Beck, which when I was growing up, that's a little bit like getting to debut on NBC on Thursday nights, right after Cheers or Seinfeld. You, you can't blow that one, right? You're going to, your show just has to be terrible to not make, to not get some form of an audience just by being the follow-up act, you know? And then when Mark Levin's on after you, again, kind of hard to be terrible, you know, kind of hard to fail when your book ended by two Hall of Famers. And so Blaze TV, we have the aforementioned Beck, Levin, Stephen Crowder, um, you know, a, a growing and, and we just added Jason Whitlock, who's going to start a show in July, who has done some phenomenal work on uh, re racial reconciliation since he's become more energized with his faith now uh, in his middle age. So a lot of great content on Blaze TV. Uh, our show is unique in that it's two hours every day, um, long form. We have a couple of breaks, but uh, uh, this isn't a show with like four or five, you know, different, you know, spot breaks. It's two spot breaks an hour. And then a lot of it is long form content. It'll be analysis. It'll be segments. It'll be guests. Um, you can subscribe on uh, to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, uh, or you can subscribe uh, if you want to watch us on Blaze TV, which is the best way to do it nowadays. Not just because obviously subscription is our main revenue source, but there's just so much censorship out there. Like right now, for example, if I address anything with voter fraud or COVID, we essentially have to take that out of the show before we put it on YouTube. So if you want to make sure you don't get censored, you, know, you get the direct content that we do every day unfiltered, blazetv.com slash dace, D-E-A-C-E, my last name, that's the best place to get it. Yeah, look, I mean, and there are examples abound of censorship, particularly conservatives, Christians. I mean, look, pastors are still in court or just finishing up court battles for the past year and a half just to open their church because of the government in California, speaking of censorship. And so and it's interesting, you and I were talking before we got started, you know, kind of which uh, markets were, are strong. And I was asking, you know, uh, it was my understanding you've got a presence in Houston market and you're like, we're all over the world. We're digital. It's, it's fascinating and a lot of value to the freedom that we have now, the technology we have, but then sometimes you have those situations where there is that censorship that can completely shut you out 
of that technology and could bring a show like yours uh, to its halt or, or to halt or to stop at some point. And so a lot to be said about those things and the relevance of having a platform like Blaze TV where you can have personalities that talk about these issues without that fear, without having to edit down what they're talking about. And, and look, I prepare something for 30 minutes a week, two hours a show. That's a lot of content per day, but a lot of great information I'm sure is shared. Well, Steve, look, you know, I am excited that we're going to see you in Houston. The timing almost could not be any better. You've got this great book that's come out and you know our work. We work on faith, family and freedom issues. Mm -hmm. We're a Christian organization. Most of it is primarily state based, but we're certainly aware of what's going on at the national level. We just finished a legislative session that had issues dealing with limiting government from you know, wearing masks, from shutting churches down. And a lot of that had to do with what happened with COVID. So let's talk about this book of yours that is at the top of the charts. It's called Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history. Of course, we're talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Tell us about the book and why it was so important for you to write it. The book, Jonathan, is a, is a culmination of a lot of work that we've done over the last year plus that uh, there was a small ragtag group of us from day one. I think of Alex Berenson, the former New York Times reporter, um, a, a very small group that began asking a lot of questions when we studied the Imperial College models and surveys. And for me, that's really where my skepticism began, is I remember uh, sitting in my basement the night of March 16th, uh, and we had just announced 15 days to flatten the curve, the Imperial College model from the UK. That, that all the governments used to justify shutting down had just come out and had a very dire, dire look at what our immediate future for several years was. And I remember sitting in my, my man cave in my basement in Iowa, thinking of my, my three teenagers upstairs and wondering what the future was going to be for them. You know, one of them is, you know, about to get her own place, you know, and uh, has a full-time job. And you start thinking about the future. And I, I just heard a still small voice in my head that said, you know, you need, to, you need to research the connection between Imperial College and global warming change. And that inspiration, I don't know if that was my conscience, the Holy Spirit, I don't know what it was, but that thought that, that is, was the mustard seed that got me going once I realized that, oh, this is a university backed by a climate alarmist named Jeremy Grantham, who has donated 80% of his wealth to the ending of the 250 year fossil fuel bubble uh, that that they wrote an ancillary paper right after their survey that that said now that we're now that we're shut down it's time for a great reset for us to essentially return to either the horse and buggy days or usher in the green new deal um, that this when you read the model again it openly says it doesn't even know for sure how the virus is spread and yet we were to take all their projections of viral spread seriously that that mustard seed is what started me on a year path of being with a small group of people that were really independent and cutting edge and pushing back against this with actual and available data. And so- oh, well, look, And if I get real quick, we're talking with Steve Dace. He is the host of the Daily Show on Blaze TV, the Steve Dace Show, one of the most sought after speakers, one of the most popular talk shows in America. You heard earlier, he talked about some of the people that bookend or he's right in between some of the most popular shows across the country. And we're talking about a book that he just released that came out recently, Fauci and Bargain, about Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, you calling him the, one of the most uh, dangerous bureaucrats. And he's going to be in Houston on June 21st. We're going to talk a little bit about that event in just a minute. 
And if you're watching on Facebook, watching this stream live, uh, share this, like it, post it some groups. We've got a little bit more of our discussion to go and we'll archive it later for folks that didn't see it or want to send it to friends. But the book and the timing, goodness, Steve, right? With everything yeah. that came out recently with, with, with the emails, and, and but it just speaks to the relevance of the topic that you and your colleagues and other people that put this together were dead on about what was going on. And the story needs to be told and it needs to not happen again. This is the greatest lie, Jonathan, in the history of Western civilization. This is the greatest lie in the history of this country. Uh, everything you've been told, it's all a lie. Everything you were told about hydroxychloroquine, a lie. Everything you were told about ivermectin, a lie. Uh, all the, the outlandish efficacy claims of the vaccines, which they have actually pretty good efficacy numbers, but the idea that it's 90, 95%, 100%, and there's no side effects, uh, why? Lockdowns were a lie, masks a lie. And, and, and the book was written and finished right when the vaccine controversy was beginning. So the book takes you through this last year plus of what I call COVID stand and how to, and, and, and there's more footnotes in this book than pages. We bring receipts. I didn't just show up in the Valley of Eli. Hey, as a lawyer, I brought the receipts. As a lawyer, I love footnotes. Or yes. we, we do a lot of end notes too. But yes. uh, Steve, real quick, and because you mentioned something, March 16, your teenagers are being upstairs, you're concerned. I remember where I was. I don't know if it was the exact date, but it was a Saturday night. Uh, my wife and I were thinking about what's going to be happening for church. And, and I was thinking about the schedule the next day when I got an email or I got information uh, eight, nine o'clock at night that the local government said churches are ordered to be closed starting at 2 a.m. Mm. OK, I mean, that is a ridiculous amount, small amount of notice, even though, you know, obviously unconstitutional, in, in my opinion. But that was the lack of respect that the government had for the church. But they had this mindset, oh, we can do this like right now and you better follow it. Now, I went to church the next morning and the priest at our church, you know, conveniently had not seen that email. But it didn't take long for everybody to sort of fall in line right after that with the threat of punishment. I'll never forget that night. See, this is why an organization like yours that is approaching the system from an explicitly spiritual lens is vitally important, Jonathan. Because we're not up against, um, you know, even leftists or liberals or Democrats. There is something far more sinister at play here. And that is what I, we call it on our show, a spirit of the age. And people ask me, what does that mean? It, it, it's just kind of an ad hoc term that's a direct New Testament reference. But it's a, we, we deploy it as a way of describing, really, what are the, the spiritual and I would frankly say demonic manifestations that we are facing and influences in our culture today. And that's why one of the very first things that couldn't wait to shut down was the churches. If you've ever wanted to know what, what, do, what, what do the people, what, what does the spirit of the age really think about people like us and the way we live? You found out because everything that it wanted to get rid of and shut down pretty much is everything that, that our worldview founded, established, inspired. Um, the, the epicenter of it, the church, it couldn't wait to shut those down. It was very disturbing to see how soon churches, when the, when the state, when the spirit of the age said jump, how soon our churches said how high, didn't ask for a second opinion, didn't ask for documentation, just took Nero and Caligula's word for it. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from this last year and a half. And well, there's, 
be yeah. talking about when I come no. down on, on the 21st. There's no doubt about that. All right. Save a little bit for June 21st. Now you're doing great. So much information, the book, Fauci and Bargain. Uh, Steve, you'll be bringing the book to the event. Um, we're going to make sure we've got plenty on hand because uh, Steve's going to talk a little bit about the book, but there's a lot in there. So you're going to have to really get the book to get the full weight of the story that's being told, the detail he mentioned to you, the footnotes, a lot of documentation backing things up. All right, Steve, we just got a few minutes left. June 21st at lunch, the Junior League in Houston, west side of Houston. We've got a great event together where you're going to be keynoting. We've got our friend uh, uh, Brian English is going to be there. Also, the author of The Heartbeat Law, uh, Brian Hughes for the state of Texas. But a big part of the reason you're coming, speaking to the churches, is to support our new project and give some more visibility to it, the Church Ambassador Network, led by your good friend Brian English. And so I'm glad you're going to be there to show your support for that. It's very key to approach this spiritually rather than with a partisan spirit. The reason why is, and we've seen this with COVID, there have been some people that, and on a lot of other issues, don't agree with us, feminists like Naomi Wolf, atheists like Bill Maher, and all of a sudden they're like, I don't know, this doesn't make any sense. And I think when we explicitly approach people always from the R and D paradigm, John, we, we just immediately eliminate people that might otherwise support us if we get outside of that paradigm. And so I love this approach to activism because there is a time and a place for partisan action. We do live in a partisan system. We cannot deny yep. But if we as believers start from there, you know, you might end up leaving behind some untilled soil there that might be able to work and establish relationships that are positive for you a little bit later on. Like the scriptures say, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading its grain, right? And so I, I love this idea of let's start first with, here's what we believe. Do you agree with us? Yes. Then here's how we can move forward. Rather than let's start right away that the, the key to everything all the time is how many Republicans can we elect for every office? Well, sometimes- uh, Look, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. All right, so Steve Dace is going to be there. He's going to be keynoting our event June 21st. We still have tickets available. This event will sell out. Go to txvalues.org, get your tickets. As a matter of fact, we've got a flash sale. I think we're just doing it for today, maybe 24 hours, just to inject a little bit of interest and help out our Christian friends and, and families that, you know, maybe ticket, sometimes ticket prices can pinch on you a little bit. So check that out, txvalues.org. Use the discount code HEARTBEAT, okay, this time around. But uh, we're not going to be doing it long because we've already sold a ton of tickets on this. We've got sponsorships available. If people want to do that, it helps us underwrite the event so we can cover their costs. And part of the, the hope is that we will raise some support for the Church Ambassador Network and the work we're doing at Texas Values. And so, but look, it's been great to have Steve on for a little bit, just to get a little bit of a flavor, a little bit of sample of what you're going to hear in person, what's in his new book, Fauci and Bargain. We'll have it on hand on June 21st in Houston, txvalues.org for those tickets. Steve, thanks so much for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. You bet, brother. God bless. Take care. He was no doubt ready. And this is a time, I, look, you heard him say it, right? The biggest lie ever, possibly in history, right? Think about how our lives were so much wrapped into this. We had to pass a state law called the Freedom to Worship Act to make it clear that government could never close churches again. Why? Because they did. And a lot of churches buckled under that, right? They didn't know what to do. They were afraid about lawsuits. And they said, I guess we got to close. Now, some of them might decide to do that on their own, okay? That's up to them. But it's a whole different thing when the government is forcing you to do it and there's a potential for punishment. 
And look, I mean, the churches are not law firms, all right? That's not what they do best. So you can understand why that would make them of concern. And the First Amendment protects their rights. But here we are having to come back again and make it clear. This is how the First, uh, the first Amendment should be applied. But it's great to hear Steve's energy. Boy, just a wealth of information. Can you imagine what all is in that book? You got to get this book, Fauci and Bargain. Come to our event. You can get it in the person. Um, I think we might be wor working on some options or where maybe he can sign some of the books. It's going to be a great event. I'm excited about it. Okay, Steve and I crossed like in a hallway once, but we've never actually spent a lot of time in person. So I'm looking forward to being there. And you got to be a part of this event, though. TXValues.org. Check the website. You can still get tickets, but this event will sell out. I mentioned the Freedom to Worship Act. That bill is House Bill 1239. It has been passed by the House and Senate. Still waiting on the governor to sign it. He's got plenty of time to do that. So nothing to be alarmed by. And we, you know, our understanding is the governor is supportive of it, but these are just mainly procedural things. They got a big stack of bills. Eventually they'll get to it. Uh, but as soon as we know it's been signed by the governor, we'll certainly report that to other bills, House Bill 525 and Senate um, uh, Joint Resolution SJR 27, excuse me, something in my eye here, um, that were signed that also relate to protecting religious liberty and churches in these situations of pandemics and others as well. So really a trifecta, a hat trick for hockey fans, I guess, uh, soccer fans. I'm not into those sports as much, but I hear those references. Three different bills that were passed on these issues that are incredibly important that our organization was a part of. Hey, look, it's not just the event on June 21st in Houston. You guys know I grew up in, in H-Town, born and raised. There are three other events. We've got one next week on, uh, excuse me, June 16th. That is in the Fort Worth area. Ah, man, I think it's sold out. There may be one or two tickets left. That's with the heartbeat author Shelby Slauson from the House and also uh, Claire Colwell, an abortion survivor. If you can put those two words together and think of what that means. OK, she is going to be there and she's a phenomenal speaker. She's got a great testimony. And then on June 23rd, we're going to be in Dallas at Maggiano's. Scott Sanford, who is the author of the Freedom to Worship Law or Act, he's going to be there. So is Matt Shaheen, who had a religious liberty law as well, a bill that was passed. That's on June 23rd. That's at lunch. And if I didn't mention that, the June 21st event in Houston, that's also at lunch at the Junior League. And then San Antonio. We're going down to, to, to San Antonio uh, on June 28th. That is going to be a lunch as well. Ken Mercer, who uh, retired from the State Board of Education. Finally, we get to catch up with him. We've been trying to get him to one of our events. We just couldn't get the timing worked out the past uh, four to six months to be able to honor him and recognize him for his amazing leadership on the State Board of Education for so many years. Uh, good for him for taking a break and hanging up his hat, but a lot to look back on and say, thank you. We're going to do that on June 28th. You can still get your tickets for that and go ahead and mark your calendars. All right. Now that everything's open again, events abound. All right. September 24th and 25th, save the date. That is going to be the date for our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. That is an annual policy event that we hold for Texas Values. You got to come to this. We had a great group of speakers last year, over 30 speakers, 600 or so people participated. We want to double those numbers now that things are opened up more, but it's at Great Hills Baptist Church, txvalues.org to check out all these events. But, you know, uh, we've been doing a lot of catch-up work. We put out a wrap-up piece for the legislative session. The governor is saying there is going to be a second separate special session, not just the one on redistricting, but also on um, election integrity, bail reform. And we do believe there'll be a chance to put other issues on there, possibly like uh, the women's sports issue, not allowing biological men to play women's sports. 
the gender modification issue, making sure we have laws in place that ban those harmful procedures for kids. Those things didn't get done during the legislative session. So possibly an opportunity to do that. Last but not least, the end of our fiscal year is June 30th. We go July 1st to June 30th. That is our fiscal year instead of uh, January to December. That means we've got to raise a good chunk of money by the end of this month to make sure we can pay our bills and meet the goals we have to do the work we do. Look, there's a special session coming up. All right, we're going to have to gear up a little bit more. We're going to have to make sure we're fully staffed. So we need your financial support. It is a tax deductible donation. We've got to raise about $100,000 between now and the end of June. We've got a $25,000 matching grant. So any donations up to $25,000 are going to be matched, essentially doubled to help you out with that, uh, to make more and make your donation go longer or farther, excuse me, txvalues.org. We are a nonprofit 501c3 tax deductible donation. I said all the magic words, right? Make a donation today, but definitely by midnight, June 30th. Hey, we're just about out of time. We're going to have a great guest next week. We're going to be on the road a little bit starting next week in several weeks. So we'll kind of see how that impacts the format of the show uh, that we're doing weekly. But look, I, I hope you're starting to enjoy your summer, but you're talking to elected officials now that they're back in their districts. You're getting out to your church and spending time in your community. A um, little bit more family time. So stay safe out there and continue to check in on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we'll be staying and keeping you up to date on faith, family, freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.